From the valley of the jolly Oh, oh, oh Green giant Good things from the garden Garden in the valley Valley of the jolly Green giant Summer green snapping fresh Kitchen sliced to taste their best Tender beans are coming From the valley these green giant green beans start from special seed and grow into these tender, thick meat beauties. Welcome to Movie Left, a Move Left Idiots podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo. I'm joined here by my co-host, uh, Comrade Benjamin Bratt. Comrade, what's going on? I uh, thought you were going to say Benjamin Button. I'm doing well. Because um, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, Benjamin Button, that's sort of like a vampire, but not really kind of opposite, but... Whatever, he was in another Dracula, Brad Pitt, so it's kind of, we'll get to that one eventually, I'm sure. Benjamin Bratt um, just kind of has a vampiric look to him. <laughs> I was trying to find somebody in this movie who, I, who like, and he kind of has like the slick back hair and the widow's peak. I'm like, you yeah, know, it's fucking close enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm really uh, running dry <laughs> on this gimmick. Oh, you can make a blood pot uh, out of that shit. one, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so what are we going to review this week? So yeah, uh, hopefully everyone uh, has watched the movie. Uh, they're sitting here. They're you know they got their uh, Taco Bell to snack on. They've gone to the bathroom, used the three seashells because uh, this week we are reviewing the 1993 uh, just absolute classic film, uh, Demolition Man. At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man. <laughs> See, that's why I wanted to start doing the trailer thing. Because back in the fucking 80s and 90s, they would have these trailers with, with, with the narrator who would tell you the entire plot of the movie. That, that translates a lot better. Like in an audio medium. It's yeah. It, there's definitely a lot of um, 
schmaltz. I'm not even sure if I'm using that word right, but it's sort of trailers have come a long way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you go no, go the, back to trailers watch are it, way better now. <laughs> yeah, like watch a trailer from like the '60s, and it's like, what the fuck were they thinking? Versus um, like the trailer for Logan, which is one of the greatest, which is like a piece of art in itself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or um, uh, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, where it's just like you, by the end of that trailer, you feel haunted, you know? Um, so, it, you know, it, this is, this is, there's... This is this is the worst movie we've reviewed so far in terms of actual quality. Let's put that out on the table, obviously, yeah. up front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't watched it since I first came out when I was 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching this and also uh, uh, Judgment Night that came out the same year at the same time, like the same weekend. Both have Dennis Leary and them playing essentially the same character. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of range, right? And I liked it when I was 13, and I kind of didn't know if I would this would hold up, you know, because some movies hold up really yeah. well. And you're like, oh, my God, this really held up well. And this this didn't really do that at all. Uh, and you realize how far action comedies have come where they're both really good action and really good comedy when you watch yeah, yeah, the Marvel yeah. franchise, you know, Avengers and all that kind of stuff. And you, then you hear lines where it's just like cliche after cliche after cliche. And you're like, did people didn't think that was funny back then. Did they? <laughs> they didn't really think that was funny. It's it, it's a weird movie. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those like so bad it, to me. Uh, and, you know, this that this genre isn't for everybody to me. It's like a so bad it's good kind of movie. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, 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 it's by no means like a great film that deserves to win an award. But I enjoy watching it just because of how batshit insane it is and and what a, what a fucking out there like concept and all the things like that happen in it. Yeah, um, it doesn't quite. It's not that quite that bad for me to enjoy it on that level i wish it was um i wish it was like like killer clowns from outer space bad um but it's you know it definitely has its moments it definitely has moments that are funny they're usually not comedic lines so much as just sylvester stallone's reactions to all these things where you're kind of like you know we're we're a lot closer to that date in the future than when this movie came out, obviously. Uh, and some of those things seem like, like the idea of having simulated, you know, cyber sex, that's that good, you know, that realistic compared to all the, the, the difficulties and awkwardness with real sex. I'd be kind of like, eh, I think most people nowadays would be tempted to enjoy that. I don't know that, 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 that whole cyber sex scene is, is fucking horrifying. Like I would not want want any part of those fucking heads. Oh. Like nothing about that looked enjoy- I mean, and of course you don't know what it's actually like, but like the, the whole, the whole way that that was shot looked like, like a horror movie. It looked like it, it was like, it was something out of fucking Hellraiser. Like well, you know, it's Sandra Bullock sounds can't be that bad. <laughs> Um, oh man! Yeah, yeah, but it's the whole send up of this essentially was sort of a, a um, something of a lighthearted critique of '90s PC culture, you know. And Dennis Leary kind of his whole yeah. shtick was, you know, I'm gonna be the cigarette smoking, steak eating, you know, whatever. And that was his stand up bit. And to an extent, Dennis Miller, a couple other people, Bill Hicks, a little bit, but he was, you know, way more way better funny. at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I felt like that was like the the whole idea of like celebrity fad trends in L.A. at the time was probably a lot more like a much more exaggerated version of that. Uh, So they have this kind of be set in L.A. I feel like was a little bit of a critique of that kind of a culture. 
um, of like, you know, just sort of vapid superficiality, but then trying to do things that are like assigning way more meaning to a meaningless fad that's supposed to make a huge difference than it in, you know, just to feel good about it, you know? So I feel like, like some of the rules or some of the things they're not allowed to do, like, you know, salt's bad. So that's illegal now. Like that's a little bit of a legitimate critique in the film, I, I think. Um, but of course taken to, you know, a degree where it's not really, wouldn't the the re- politics of this movie are fucking bizarre. Like they're really yeah. all over the place. Like you could tell me, like like a fucking like live in the woods, like like anti like libertarian fucking lunatic wrote this, or you could tell me like you know a far right winger wrote this, or you can even just tell me like uh, like a a leftist wrote this, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see that for like different elements of the movie. Yeah, like there there yeah. there is some crit like criticism of of. Uh, capitalism in this movie to an extent at least i mean the the whole kind of idea of um consolidation of companies and conglomerations you know (laughs) all restaurants are now taco bell because taco bell won the franchise like there's interesting yeah there's a little bit of that i feel like it was it was a really deep class critique then the entire society would be um or the the industry of freezing prisoners and that would be much more monetized like that would be like the reason things were the way oh. they were was because they were making so much money from turning prisoners into into popsicles and then i kind of thought Let, like well too like there's so much free labor you can get from that it makes no sense <laughs> Let, let's just put it, there's nothing really deep about any of this movie so you know there's i think that i think the writer maybe lucked into some like 101 level like concepts in in a lot of this movie even though like i said it's kind of all over the place but Mm -hmm. and also i i did read somewhere that this movie had a lot of script doctoring um so it's possible that that's where some of that comes in you know where where it doesn't really have a voice it's this is all just focus group where they go well uh this guy's popular and this chick's popular and we can only make so many action films and so many comedies before we have to make an action comedy so it's like well people that like this guy and this gal like action comedies so let's just squeeze out this turd so uh. the uh script doctoring by the way one of the people that came in and worked on it fred decker who uh wrote and directed one of my favorite movies another really bad movie well i shouldn't even say it's right but another not great film but movie i love uh monster squad you know from from the late 80s yes we've talked about wolfman having nards on the podcast before we did so. talk about wolfman yeah. having nards Fuck, I, I, I looked up the director of demolition man i think he only did one other movie it was like a rom-com with oh who it was like uh benicio del toro and um uh oh my god he has like no fucking credits this guy yeah yeah uh sarah alicia silverstone silverstein whatever the fuck her name is (laughs) silverstein Silverstein. yeah yeah it was like he directed a video (laughs) for kanye and then like this and that was it (laughs) so yeah he's like an artist he's like a visual artist he's not actually like a director by or you know he's directed but like yeah uh yeah he's Um, he's a weird dude um (laughs) as you could tell by this fucking movie well, and um, it's, you look at a lot of the the really good um, effects we have now, and it's a great mix of live action CGI. And you look at this movie, and you can tell why there was a need to start doing more CGI because there's only so much you can do with just practical effects. And it shows in this movie because it's just there's a lot of really cheap action effects in this film. Um, there's a couple of decent sets, but they're still very small, right? And there's a ton of continuity errors because they just didn't have a 
they did not have that big a budget. This was only like a like a sixty million dollar movie. This wasn't that big a vehicle even for these stars. Um, you know, this is this is so you know Sylvester Stallone. He's done great stuff. Uh, Sandra Bullock just done decent stuff, but they're still pretty much B list in the year nineteen ninety three. When did Speed uh, Speed came out in '94? Okay, so I was, I, if Speed had come out already, I, I would call bullshit on that. But I, I think I would agree on Sandra Bullock at least being viewed yeah, at this point. Yeah, I mean, so Stallone was kind of on his way down, and she was on her way up, and then they met on you know the 13th floor there. Um, but you know, and then Dennis Leary. Like the thing that bugs me about this is Wesley Snipes' character because it's just it's not good. He didn't have anything to do with it. You know, his lines aren't funny, and he's got no motivation. And even in an action comedy, the bad guy's got to have a motivation. Otherwise, you don't give a shit. Like, why are they evil? Why are they bad? They got to have a mo- motivation beyond just, well, he's programmed to do this, whatever. At least with Dennis Lee's character, he's got a reason. He's got a reason for doing this. And even when you, you know, when you see him stealing food, you're like, oh, they're not bad people after all. They're just fucking, they're, they're starving down there, right? And yeah. Sylvester Stallone is even kind of like, oh, this is baby formula. What the fuck? It's the Taco Bell baby formula. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you get to the the monologue, Dennis Leary's monologue, and it's such a like an ANCAP worldview. I actually know. have a little clip of that. Uh, yeah. Play, uh, let, me, let me play that now since right. you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. See, according to Cato's plan, I'm the enemy because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> so it's it's he's he definitely personifies so, like the the typical chicago new york guy um well that was his whole sh- that that was him like yeah. you could tell they they let him rewrite that when they cast him for the role you know yeah yeah well it's kind of funny because in, in a way that he he's sort of right that now we have uh a future that is now 47 year old virgins sitting around in beige pajamas, um, drinking whatever, but it's like, they're not that way because of PC culture. They're that way because they couldn't stand PC culture. <laughs> and now they're, you know, permanent basement dwellers that can't talk to women because they embrace the whole, like, you know, I want to do nothing but smoke cigarettes and eat steak and this whole ANCAP libertarian lifestyle. Um, so they got there just by, you know, being the opposite of the thing that they said it was going to do it. Yeah, so he, I have so many questions about this movie, and I think they're mostly unanswerable. Um, I don't think that this movie, like I said, I don't think you know that the writer thought particularly deeply about the universe he built. But so essentially, what we're to believe is that it's 1996. LA is absolutely crime riddled and on fire, and like people don't even fucking fly planes there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, they just had the riots a few years prior, so it's it yeah. wasn't that big of a stretch. But uh, yeah. But but no, but it, it was like a failed state at that point. But by the time the movie you know opened in 1996, you know during the warehouse raid, mm-hmm. um, so we're to believe that there was an earthquake, and then California was just somehow cut off from the rest of the world and became this kind of a 
pseudo dictatorship run by this benevolent dictator guy sure so w- what's going on in the rest of the country well, like is that's, the rest of the country uh, like this? exactly well that's what i wonder in blade runner also like they didn't really go that far away from the idea of blade runner that you have this megalopolis that may or may not be part of the rest of the world we don't know if there's anything left or we don't know if it's just sort of become this um you know autonomous urban region where there's you know, like this, the the main villain in in Demolition Man. Like, is he the mayor? Is he the governor? We don't know. He's just kind of in charge of everything, uh, and you get the sense that it is sort of a, a, a pseudo corporate position, um, not necessarily elected. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know his position. I, I forget. Yeah, I don't even think they mention it. Yeah, it's it's just a very odd the whole the whole you know thing. I don't I don't think it was super well thought through. Um, but you know, it, uh, the movie has its interesting moments. Like it did, I, I think some of the future tech, like obviously, is absurd, and you know, but a lot of it kind of was was fairly, you know, it, they predicted some stuff that we're, you know, we're we're seeing, you know, to some extent now. That's kind of interesting. I mean, in the yeah. opening scene. You know, when he's talking, it's almost like a fucking iPad. Like when he's talking to the guy on the video screen on like the little square screen. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he's going through the iPad, like the the slate of um, prisoners to be dethawed that day, Scott Peterson was on there. But that was before Scott Peterson had actually been like arrested. <laughs> this was oh, like, yeah, I didn't know that was in there. I don't know if they. Are you sure that was in the movie and not put in like post post production? No, it was in the movie. I don't know that it was supposed to refer to that Scott Peterson, but it's just a funny little kind of Easter egg because that oh. happened about a year. What before did he Scott do? Peterson was he was... one of the guys that killed his parents? Or... Oh, that was Men- Menendez brothers. That's right. No, he was one of the ones that killed his wife. Oh, right, the lifetime thing where it's like, don't marry a guy in med school and then go jogging because he'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Every, oh, li- every lifetime movie is that movie yeah um so, yeah so that was that was a fight oh arnold schwarzenegger being the not being the president but running for office i thought that was pretty funny oh that was i love that um they threw that in there that it, that in this world all arnold schwarzenegger is a real person who went into politics because if you remember in uh the, the schwarzenegger film uh the last action hero when he was in the world where he didn't movie. he didn't exist Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, but but I was in the Terminator, and then he like looks and like the poster for the Terminator is Sylvester Stallone, and he's like, he yeah. can't figure it out, you know. So I love that like they kind of like did that dual riff on that a little bit. Um, which actually, by the way, that, that movie holds up a lot better over time than than this does. Last Action is Hero is better now than it was that. Like it was, it was. I think it, Last Action Hero was ahead of its time. Like the the people didn't really get the satire of it. They thought it was like a, a straight up action movie. Oh yeah, but that yeah. movie's fucking great. They didn't know how to sell that, and they they were like, "Well, it's ET, yeah. but also uh, Commando at the same time." And it was like, "No, it's actually really good satire with yeah, a few kind of kind of corny Spielberg moments." But um, yeah, um, the the funeral on top of the on top of the high rise <laughs> was just such a great satire of LA culture overall. Um, and now we're reviewing a new movie. <laughs> yeah, no, right? No, um, but. Uh, so, what was I gonna say? Oh, so you know what? The other thing that was funny about that scene with Arnold is that she mentioned like the sixty-first amendment. So we're supposed to believe that in 
uh, like in in like 50, 50 years or so that we passed thirty more constitutional amendments. Well, that would imply the whole country has gone the way of this because if they if they were like oh that's true too making yeah. that many new laws to ban stuff. I I kind of took that that was kind of like oh they got busy making a whole lot more uh, oppressive government under the guise of being you know happy all the time. <laughs> Uh, they also, I wouldn't say predicted self-driving cars, but I, I, the the tech for self-driving cars looked, it, it it was represented about as close to what we're dealing with now as you could imagine for you know what the tech was back in 1993. I think yeah, they, I, I think if they were really going to do it, they would show those self-driving cars killing people, and then everyone would be like, <laughs> oh no, it's fine, it's fine, everyone be happy, be happy. No, yeah, Logan did such a great subtle you know, kind of self-driving car oh, critique yeah. with that, just that one little half of a second scene you oh, know, where the it, trucks are well, flying by. And... and then the fact that it's the animals at risk and not the people too. You're like, Jesus uh-huh. Christ, it's really going to fucking be like this. Um, yeah. Another movie um, we're now reviewing. You tell me to know. I, I do want to talk about this movie though, because it is, it is amusing. Um, the, <laughs> apparently there's enough time in the future for people to just use longer words to to describe regular things like that their, their society is that violence free now that they have time to say stupid phrases other than like you know the shortened versions that we use now like <laughs> instead of time they say uh tick tocks and like you know when the guy brings them their food he's like enjoy joy your meal like what how did that it's, become part of the vernacular? Stuff happens in real life, though. I mean, if you go take all of our, um, you know, shorthand text, FML, um, uh, just uh, even just LOL. Take that back twenty years. People would have try to read a text from even someone that's your own age to somebody say twenty five years ago. They wouldn't know what the fuck you were talking about. So I, I guess I just took it as like it's sort of like that, really, but. It is, but we, but what we do now is we because we're a more efficient generation because we're forced into uh, a, you know <laughs> insane productivity for very little pay. So I think that kind of seeps into our just our general the demeanors. Um, we shorten everything to make it easier. Like we, our mm. our texts and things are actually, and I think they did studies about this, are way more efficient than if we had actually typed out full words and you know it, like the way we abbreviate things is actually a what. A, quicker more efficient way it just seems it was funny to me that they you know it's not kill or murder it's murder death kill and then like, like all these different you know funny oh, like man. extended phrases it's it's just a funny little like the, you can tell the... it was a screenwriter thing where he's like oh man this is fucking great i'm creating the language <laughs> and he's like he didn't think about it at all you know <laughs> like... right right yeah you know that's probably some of the punch up there too where they were just kind of like how can we make this seem like the future and just make it weird but i'm sure there was like as soon as this movie came out there was some rappers that were like dude we gotta call the squad murder death kill <laughs> like, um yeah and a lot of those a lot of like the computer graphics i loved how um like early 90s aol cd-rom level graphics they were like they spent no time trying to make the future graphics look <laughs> you know like like my no, look futuristic kind yeah. of stuff you know where everything has to look like the uh, 3d flat screen minority port shit now everything has to look like that in sci-fi now but um yeah, you know, they, actually, they, they spared a lot of expense in this film, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can tell the budget was probably slashed by about half the last minute. They also kind of invented FaceTime. You know, there, there's that scene where Sly's sitting uh, in his apartment, and then, like, the the just gratuitous boob shot where, like, the chick pops up on his screen, 
like yeah. video calling somebody. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they had video calling in two thousand one. You know, remember he gets to the space station. The first thing he does is wish his daughter a happy birthday, and it's like you can tell he's the actor. Like, didn't actually have kids because the conversation is about as wooden <laughs> as anything you could possibly have in outer space. Or he was just miserable because he was working on a Stanley Kubrick film and oh, right, breaking right. him down mentally at every you know opportunity. Well, that's I mean you know it's probably said, the seventy fifth take of that scene. Right. Yeah. Well, and people just didn't know how to act with a, a flat wall and pretend like there was a picture of a child there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Stanley, there was I've done this scene ninety five times. All I'm, all I'm doing is saying hello to my daughter. We do. We really need to. <laughs> God damn it. We will do it until I say it is done. Oh, man. Yeah. Poor Shelley Duvall. I really feel bad oh, for her more than anybody. But... If that happened now, it's crazy how, how we view things differently. If that happened now, Stanley Kubrick would be like lumped in with the Me Too guys and just shunned forever. Oh, he should be. I mean, he was terrible. And he, and he, to her. he was like an abusive motherfucker. Like, and it's just to a lot of his actors, but her in particular. But like, he would be uh, kind of ostracized uh, from Hollywood, I think, if people found out, if, if like a director was doing that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, you know, it'll never happen to a guy that directed Demolition Man because nobody knows who he is. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, it, I'll revive his career. I'll, I'll hit him up with some script ideas. Maybe he can. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe chain. maybe he's on Twitter and he can he can uh, RT this podcast once it gets released. Yeah, and right. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, people are fucking doing <laughs> podcasts about my movie. How <laughs> he called, weird! He must calls it, it be. my movie because it's the only movie he made. <laughs> <laughs> how weird must it be to be like, like I've made a movie before myself, but how weird it would it be if like my one movie was like Demolition Man or like Judge Dredd or some fucking really well known but like absurd movie from the night you know like yeah yeah or like the super mario brothers movie <laughs> with the yeah. guy oh, from who frame roger at. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know if that was that director's first movie but i'm be, i'm willing to bet that that was probably his last movie <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah well, um so favorite in terms of favorite scenes um there's there's some funny shit in this like genuinely funny shit i think the whole taco bell scene is pretty fucking funny you know, like where, where it's like this insanely expensive formal restaurant, and you know, he's got the guy playing the fucking jingles on the piano when they walk. Was it in. that Dan Cortez from MTV Sports? It was, it, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I'm I'm officially a sports fan now that I remember that fact. <laughs> you're clo- we, we, we've uh, established on the main show that you're a closet sports fan. We'll, we'll you'll admit it one day. We'll, we'll all yeah. we'll get to it one day. <laughs> Well, um, all that Stern Williams drama had me pretty riveted for a couple of days, so maybe there's hope for me yet. Um, yeah. yeah, so did you know that it wasn't, like, they didn't, they were originally going to be um, the, the restaurant that every restaurant was, and the movie was going to be Pizza Hut, and they filmed it with Pizza Hut logos, and then after production, something went awry, and the deal fell through, and that's when they had to go in and change everything to Taco Bell. So they had to do a couple of reshoots and redub things, and digitally like change the logos in the movie to be Taco Bell. Did you know that? So I knew that. And also the funny thing is um, internationally, a a lot of uh, different countries would show the movie with the Pizza Hut footage because Taco Bell at the time didn't exist in a lot of those countries. So they didn't think it would play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, how yeah. else are you going to fucking clear out your constipation, you know, without yeah, Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah. Well, and now um, all Pizza Huts have turned into three Amigos franchises. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been in the Midwest, uh, you know what I'm talking about. 
But it was just, I just found that funny too, that like in places that there aren't Taco Bell, they changed it back to the Pizza Hut. Like it's just a really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, but just, yeah, that scene know, was fun. Just, just the idea that it wasn't a product tie in, that they, they just did it because whatever. Like you'd think that that would have to be. Because it was a, just fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas. The funny you know, thing I wrote, is, I wonder if they reshot the, the, the plate of food because it, it's an indeterminate. Like you, I couldn't tell you what the fuck was on that plate. Like if you asked me. Oh, there were know, little like mini tacos. There were little tiny were like, triangle shaped tacos. And like one had like a little bit of guacamole, one had like a little bit of corn salsa. So they must have reshot it because it was if it was Pizza Hut, they would have been. You don't tiny need anyone pizzas. there for that shot. You just you just shoot the you shoot a table oh yeah tight and then it, it, you know insert shot is just like you got your buddy to like put the jacket on and that's his <laughs> hand and like the color doesn't match or anything. Yeah, the, the, you uh, see some gaffer tape on his <laughs> sleeve. They're just like fuck it. We just yeah. gotta come on. We're out of money. Just yeah, just yeah. do it quick. You know who's um, the, the 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 king of insert shots? Like little close ups and matching the continuity with the rest of the action is David Fincher. David Fincher shoots amazing long dialogue scenes that are really creepy, yeah. but also he shoots the best insert shots of any director. Go back and watch any of his films and just be just pay attention to just the insert shots in the movie Seven, and you could just like just do nothing but do that all day. You know, it's never even occurred to me thinking about his movies, but now that you mention, I'm thinking of just scenes from like Fight Club and shit where that it and that's such a lost skill because. Mm-hmm. I think people realize how fucking hard it is to match up continuity when you're trying to get just like a, a tight shot on something and cut it in seamlessly. Well, with... in, in Fight Club, he uses insert shots as his establishing shots, whereas in Seven, he'd show like a big wide shot as the establishing shot, and they would yeah. only show insert shots in continuity of, of movement. Uh, in in Fight Club, you would see like uh, three rapid insert shots of like the the fat bubbling on the stove making soap, and then like some other thing in the kitchen, and then someone's feet walk like you know extreme close frame across the floor, and then out of focus. Like he would use a, a series of three little insert shots in a row as open the way to open up the scene, and I totally ripped that off from from him when I did my grad thesis film. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. He's got a really cool style. Um, and you know, the, the Taco Bell scene too, actually had one of the better, uh, I, one of the moments where the, where the film almost approached like class critique, that scene you were talking about, yeah. you know, where they yeah. raid the thing and then he, he gets all ind- indignant with them about like, look, you know, the, these are just people trying to find food. We shouldn't be attacking them. And then I, I think the movie largely kind of lets that plot thread go for the most part, but, um, yeah, I enjoyed that scene. Um, yeah, well, it was also kind of like the the immorality of what they were doing because he was like, "Oh no, I was definitely conscious for a lot of the time that I was in there having the same nightmare yeah, over oh, and yeah, over," that's... which is about the closest thing we got to kind of like the, the just immorality of prison at all, let alone what they're doing. Um, and it's you know it, it's kind of very ham fisted the thing he gets convicted for because you know in real life no amount of uh hostages getting killed would ever result in a police officer being cops, being cops incarcerated. fucking kill people like you know intentionally and don't go to jail like it's just yeah, like the total yeah. In, in russia i don't know if you remember this there was there was two cases in the last just like 15 years 
where a bunch of separatists took some hostages, and it's very, it's a very Soviet KGB thing to just rush in and kill all the hostages and Don't all fuck. the hostage takers all at the same time. And then, like, just so there's no witnesses, and just say, eh, "Well, we don't know what happened. They just all died in a firefight." So it's it's like this. Well, we'll kill we'll kill your hostages, so you have nothing to 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 barter with, and then we'll just kill you. It's like this moment of like, we've taken away your power, and then we're gonna murder you. Like that's just how fucking crazy we are. <laughs> so yeah. very very KGB thing to do. So. What you're telling me is that they should screen uh, the film Speed for the cops in Russia, because if they watch the movie Speed, they would know that you shoot the hostage in the leg, and then the guy can't drag the hostage anymore, and then you can, oh, you'll can you have an e- open yeah. shot at the <laughs> yeah at the hostage well, taker. I think they would just shoot everybody. Yeah, that's what I recall from the couple times I heard that. But it was like a lot of people. It was like 100 hostages, and they just came in and like gassed everybody all at the same time with like lethal nerve gas and we're like well we'll let god sort them out if we believe in god which we don't <laughs> so that's fucked up yeah <clears throat> um so yeah that scene was interesting uh <laughs> i was very amused by the weird ass sex scene like I, I i i don't think there's ever been a more like graphic sex scene in a film that doesn't show any nudity whatsoever like just the fucking sly grunts and shit. It's like, ugh, like what the fuck, you know? Like, yeah, it was. I mean, you're supposed fucking to be, gorilla. You're supposed to be re- repulsed by it, but I still think that if you marketed any kind of cyber sex experience that's that uh, visceral nowadays, people would go for it rather than deal with just how messy uh, real life sex can actually be. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, they're working on it. They're trying to bring. They're trying to build Ox Machina sex bots that you know don't stab you to death. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that you know, amusing. Again, it's like another sort of extension of the PC culture uh, that we have seen a little bit of. But uh, you know, th- and then of course when she's like, "Oh, it's illegal to kiss," and then he leans in, she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Breaking the law." And it's like, "Yeah, that would. That's definitely the you know the kind of like a real life Me Too." He's uh, such a fucking. He's right such there. a fucking goomba in this movie too like more like more so than any uh, like of his character like he really got to lean into that because when you when you hear him talk in real life he's not quite that like fuck you know he's not like i think everyone kind of thinks of him as rocky balboa but he's actually a fairly well-spoken guy when you oh, no, hear him absolutely. you know in interviews and shit I mean, like, he wrote rocky you can't write yeah rocky no, you, you don't write idiot. a movie that good no and not be a fucking smart guy but he really got to lean into. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What do you mean? You can't. No, what do you mean kissing's late? Like he really got to lean into that. Yeah. Fucking... Well, and when he finally gets to kiss her at the end, when he's a hero, it's it's like they copy that famous kiss from Times Square that everyone romanticized <laughs> for decades, and then kind of like thought, oh, actually, like she didn't want to kiss him. The guy just grabbed her and did that without her permission. And we've always thought of that as like endearing. And it turns out the real life story is like grotesque <laughs> you know so is that uh, true? i didn't even know the origins of that, that yeah picture. yeah it was just i mean i think the woman actually was is still alive today or just recently died but like did some yeah. interviews back you know not not too long ago where she said no she was horrified this just stranger grabbed her and kissed her <laughs> and just like manhandled her jesus Christ. and we've always thought it's this romantic image of celebration and it wasn't it was very much forced on her um so yeah the fact that they replicated that kiss you know leaning way over kiss uh for the movie was definitely kind of like that was a little cringy to watch now because like knowing the real history of it was (laughs) was, uh, a different context there so 
Um, the the other scene I actually kind of enjoyed, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes, it, it, his performance in this movie is is kind of baffling to me because it's at times he's really fucking funny, but he's also like I can't I don't know that he knew the tone of this movie. Like he 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 is all over the place in this movie. Like there are times where he's like kind of the comic relief, but then there's also like. It, like the scene where he's like giving the speech to the the defrosted uh cryo prisoners i'm like is he trying to be funny right now or is this like supposed to be like a real bad guy like it's just so oh yeah you know what it, you know he was riffing on though what it, he's really doing is he's doing the scene from the warriors the the can you dig it scene that's the he's riffing off of that in a lot of ways and i think yeah, some of that was yeah. intentional but then other times it's kind of like but even in that scene in the warriors you don't really know what that scene's about you know, because there's all these people who you don't even know, and you don't know how they're related to each other. And here's this guy that's maybe in charge of them, maybe not. And then he's dead instantly. And you're like, what was that scene really about other than just to establish what's going on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the other thing I liked was that was, um, you know, all the all the uh, the outfits of all of his thawed prisoners were, it was very reminiscent of Mad Max, you know, like shoulder pads built yeah. out of chunks of, uh, of rubber tires, stuff like that. I felt like that was a little bit of a, uh, an homage to, uh, to those films. Interesting crew in that scene, by the way, uh, Jesse Ventura, obviously, you know, great, uh, political figure, talk show host, uh, now on RT. Yeah. Well, I mean, after, um, yeah, after Predator, he was kind of, he had a cameo in a lot of action films coming out after that. Yeah. He's a, he's a weird dude. Yeah. I I genuinely, I generally like him, but he's just a weird guy in general. Um, also Jack Black was in that group, like one of his very early roles. Like, (laughs) wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so like slight. You don't even notice it almost, but he's one of the, uh, one of the defrosted, uh, convicts. Um, you know the scene where he's in the museum. I actually thought was was maybe the what the tone of the whole movie should have been for Wesley's character because he's he's really funny in that scene, like on purpose. Yeah, he. I felt like he was just kind of having fun with it and making up lines and they improvised. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was there. definitely fucking around. Uh, well, you know what's fun? I, I'll 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 cut it from the trivia part, but he. Uh, so that scene where they're paroling him and he starts you know, saying what the guy's saying back to him in Spanish was like ad lib by him on the set. Like he wasn't supposed to do that. He just started doing it and they all thought it was funny. So they oh, kind of kept yeah. it in the movie. I'm sure he was bored. I'm sure he was just like, I don't really want to do this. And how can I make it more fun for me? Even if it's not that great. Um, but yeah, the little flourishes like that always uh, tend to punch it up. But uh, so he did, I think everyone kind of knows him more for, um, uh, the Blade movies, obviously, and then he went to jail yeah. for tax evasion, <laughs> and, and like taking a, 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 a an indignant stand against taxes because you know he had the money, he just didn't want to pay it, and he went to jail for <laughs> it. And has he done anything since getting out of jail? Well, he was in the Expendables, one of the Expendables. Um, he hasn't done much. He is like constantly petitioning now to do another Blade movie, or like he wanted to be. For a while, he wanted to be uh, the Black Panther, which actually, in his prime, would have probably worked really well. Mm. Um, he's obviously way too old now, but I, I actually think he would have made a really good Black Panther, like at, like at the height of his kind of, like in this time, yeah. like a few years later, maybe. You well, know, they wanted to do all the, the whole Marvel universe, you know, about ten years earlier than they actually did, but they just decided like we can't do 
realistic looking special effects and X-Men tried and then it was just kind of like this they don't have the technology to do this right yet you know yeah um but my favorite all-time Wesley Snipes role white men can't jump I, uh, to this day fucking love that movie <laughs> definitely definitely which that Such whole movie, movie feels like it's improvised it doesn't feel like there's a single line of dialogue that was written down when they did that that movie is um, like a buddy cop movie like minus the cop like that their dynamic is like that's one of the all-time great like comedy dynamics in yeah. a movie yeah, the two definitely of them. definitely uh oh and then there was that movie he did with um sean connery it was like a like a heist caper movie set in shanghai or something like that you remember oh that movie? yeah fuck i forget what it's called but it's in, in, in any event <laughs> not that memorable but it's you know they're like hey who who else is on the way up and who else is on the way down that we can pair up right now in 1992 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um uh say yeah uh in terms of favorite quotes um i i had a couple pulled from the i you know the <laughs> the interaction he has with the guy um in in the museum who walks up to him he's like you know hey fellow greetings what seems to be your boggle and then he's like my boggle and then he uh asks him how much he weighs and throws him through the fucking <laughs> which thing. i don't understand the physics of how that would work because um if you're trying to break something that's uh, unbreakable like a window you know it's designed not to break you want the sharpest point possible to to actually get it to shatter so throwing a bigger thing uh with a wider surface area is going to have less effect than kicking it really hard just to you know for all you um uh math scientists out there uh, math surgeons <laughs> there we go um Camera, are you trying to tell me that the science in this movie may not be 100% accurate? <laughs> I refuse to believe. Uh, the plasma um, gun that takes two minutes to charge? What good would that do? Uh, I, I do like that the the, the gun museum uh, has all functioning guns that are fully loaded with ammo. Like <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> Right. It's like guns are totally banned and illegal in this in this time. Yet yet you have them on display, and not only on display, but fucking fully loaded and ready to go, and like you know, not yeah. dried out or like except for the one futuristic gun that takes um, two and a half minutes to charge up, and then doesn't even really do much more than a regular bullet if you actually watch what it did. Well which seems like so antithetical to gun technology. It's like that would be way less effective than a pistol. Like what, you know, if you have to wait two minutes for it to fucking yeah. charge, I don't know how much time it charges in between, but apparently there's no NRA in this future. Cause they never would have stood for that. <laughs> oh shit. Um, at one point in the, in that, in the, in that scene, you know, when, when, uh, Sly gets in there. He's like, oh, oh shit, to let anybody into the century. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> he's like shooting out. He, he has got some good shit in this movie. It's just, yeah, the, the tone of this movie is all over the place. The, the fucking script is all over the place. It's it's a really crazy movie. Like, it's, it's the 90s. Movie like, they, yeah. There was shit they, they got away with making in the 80s and 90s that would never get made today. You know, And part of that's just the, the endeavor of a film is so much more expensive, but um, you know, I think the first half of the '90s was still pretty much the '80s. You know, as far as what they were drawing on, um, there were obviously there was notable exception. Something like uh, Terminator Two was really taking the comedy um, purely for for levity, not because you needed it to be funny, but it's still primarily an action film for the most part, and it and it takes itself seriously. And they thought about it a lot, like a, a film like Terminator or Terminator Two, like. 
he they thought about how to make it really really good for a long time and they thought about how would you you know obviously time travel doesn't work the way that that works time travel only works forwards not backwards um but they still put a lot of thought in the continuity and the world and the mythology of all that whereas uh this movie was kind of just like i don't know what if it's what if a chain restaurant was actually fine dining? Uh, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> like nobody stopped um, them, you know. Yeah. So uh, some interesting trivia I pulled uh, for the movie. I don't know if it's true or not, but you know, it's on the internet, so it must be true. Um, Wesley Snipes' punches and kicks sometimes look lurch, uh, lurchy and awkward. Uh, Snipes is an accomplished black belt in real life, and his kicks and punches were so fast that they blurred on camera. So they had to slow him down, like during the fight scene, so that it, it didn't, you know, yeah, that's that it was able true. to be captured. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like if that's true. Um, Sandra Bullock uh, was replaced uh, by. Uh, uh, excuse me. Sandra Bullock replaced Lori Petty uh, after a few days. A uh, few days filming. Who? Uh, Lori Petty is the uh, main female lead from Point Break, the one with the short hair. I don't remember her. I just remember that the- would. Yeah, it's sort of blonde hair. No, no, she had dark hair. She had short. Yes. She's she's the one that that, that she's dating fucking Patrick uh, Swayze, and then Keanu starts dating her in that oh, yeah. movie. And they're gonna gut her like a kidnapped. fish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would have been an interest, a, a very different movie, I think. Sandra Bullock kind of salvages a, a little bit of this movie with her her person. Like, I don't know that somebody like Lori Petty could have pulled that role off the way Sandra Bullock did, which no. is maybe why Lori Petty left. No, yeah, Sandra Bullock's not that funny to me, but she definitely understands comedic timing. You know, she doesn't really sell a good joke, but she knows when the joke is happening. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's not a good compliment, but... Um, no, but like for this kind of like like yeah. like buffoonish character, I thought she she kind of... She, she was good oh, for yeah. the role. Yeah, she's good. She's good. You can just like have her be sort of funny, and then when you need her to not be there for an action scene, you just zap her in the head with the electric baton, and then bring her back later when it's you know a moment of levity again. Um, yeah. Um, but just by contrast, somebody who I think is a, a ridiculously funny because they can reach down to like the really dark places that you need to be really fucking funny um, is Margot Robbie. From uh, yeah, many like films, Robert. but especially uh, I, I Tanya, uh, could not have cast somebody better to play that by the looks of it, uh, and then just also the fact that she like the movie is already really fucking dark, and like she just makes it so much fucking darker. Uh, anyway, not we're not reviewing that movie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying so hard to review every movie that's not this movie. <laughs> <laughs> This terrible um, part of the movie reminds me of all these yeah, other right. good movies. I've this watched. way better movie. Um, so uh, another piece of trivia. Uh, originally in Demolition Man, there were uh, some more plot uh, points, uh, including Spartan meeting his grown-up daughter in the sewers uh, amongst Edgar Friendly's uh, group. Uh, in the movie, Spartan shown protecting a girl during the shootout in the sewers. This is actually his daughter. And she is also seen later in the ending scene standing next to Friendly while he's talking with Spartan. Um, and I, you know, I read that before I rewatched the movie and I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, shit, he is protecting this one girl. So you could tell there was mm. some continuity issues there because they had cut that whole plot point. But the funny part uh, about that is that there's one of the big raging Internet theories 
because they cut that plot point is that Sandra Bullock is actually his daughter. Uh, and, and that's why like when he, when she, and he goes to look up uh, or when he like asks her to look up the, um, or when she's like, Oh, I can look up your family for you and see what's going, you know, or look up your daughter and see where she is. He goes, mm-hmm. no, 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 it's okay. Like somebody's like, oh, yeah, it's man. he wants to fuck his daughter. And like, he, doesn't want, <laughs> he doesn't want her to fucking find out. Like, fucking- Oh shit. That is, you know, if you think about Donald Trump in the '90s, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> wanting to fuck your daughter, I mean, would the would the chronology work out? It, it, so it kind of would, yeah. Oh. Uh, Age wise, it would work out um, in ter- in terms of like when he was thought out or whatever. So, so it, how, it's... how old was Sandra Bullock when this movie was made? She wasn't thirty six years old yet. No, it's, but how long was he frozen? I, somebody worked it out that it would have been a stretch, but it would have been possible. But. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, in any event, it, it was just a cut plot point that his daughter was in the source. So. <laughs> I love when people try to <laughs> it's really funny. like really deep undertones to something that have no undertones at all, let alone deep ones. Oh, God, you should. <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll get to it later, but there's some someone trying to do that uh, even more so with another plot point, which we'll get to in, in a little bit. Right. Um, so uh, the little girl uh, at the beginning, like the news footage, like the one who he saves in the mall, who like the lady's like, how can you justify destroying a $7 million mini mall for a girl whose ransom was only $20,000? And she's yeah. like, fuck you, lady. Uh, she resembles the, uh, the, 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 the woman who plays uh, Stallone's daughter in the later scenes. And there's an implication, apparently, in the original script that that was actually his daughter that he saved from oh, these uh nice. these hostage takers and yeah. that almost would be age appropriate for the for the chronology if that was his daughter yeah um, right I, we, what was this rated when it came out was it this was there's there was a lot of fucks in this movie they, it had to have been r oh uh, yeah i guess so i was just thinking that, like it would have been hilarious if if the little girl was the only f-bomb in the movie <laughs> yeah no that would have been great that would have been awesome um uh Adrian Barbeau is the computer's voice. She also uh, voiced the computer in The Thing. So if you recognize that voice, that's where you recognize it from. Voice of the computer in The Thing. I don't remember computer. You're talking about the Carpenter, John Carpenter version? Yeah, 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 the John Carpenter version. I don't think it's like a big thing. It's just she she, she voiced some of the, you know. I don't remember Um, a computer in that. I didn't think that was like in the future computer world kind of whatever. No. Um, oh, yeah, I, I remember I, the computer in that finally. It was like an old piece of shit thing, and it was like you had to put in floppy disks, and they did kind of the same thing from Alien, where it was like, what are my chances kind of a thing. Is uh-huh, that is yeah. that the computer? I, I, I believe so, of? yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's the same. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... We've we've been avoiding talking about this so far, but obviously we need to address it. Uh, the three seashells. <laughs> so, before we get into the the, the minutia of, of of the three seashells and kind of some trivia items, I have. What, how do you think the three seashells would be used? Like, if you walked into a bathroom and saw the three seashells, what would what would your what would your method be? Um, <laughs> well, before I, I mean, unless I had an emergency and if it, I knew there was no limit, toilet you, paper, you, I would test them before I actually sat down. I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> no, you're in a, you're in a scenario where you you just got on thawed, you just had some Taco Bell, you're 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 needing to run to the bathroom immediately and drop oh. just like a massive massive shit. I don't have no time to e- talk to anybody. I don't know if I would know the three seashells even were 
a functional thing to, <laughs> to use, let alone. But if someone just said, yeah, it, you know, if I yelled through the door, there's no toilet paper, and they were like, oh, just use the three seashells, then you would, of course, cut to me, uh, you know, looking at them and then... Um, Shaking them. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like... I, and it, that that's kind of like the, the cute thing about that movie, why everyone remembers that little bit, is because they don't show it. Normally, to make something funny, you show it, you don't say it, right? But in that film, it's what they don't show that makes it funny, is because you probably, they thought about shooting a scene with Sylvester Stallone, trying to figure out what it does, and then it's like, it would have been this really dumb, like, did you see the movie? It's way with, funnier with, the way they did it. Right. Uh, uh, the movie with Brian Cranston and um, uh, what's his name that got me to uh, James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. Where they have the scene it, where I know of it. it's terrible. It was a fucking terrible comedy. And, and normally I wouldn't go see it, but I think I was dating somebody that thought it would be funny. And they show this scene where he's trying to use this like futuristic toilet and it goes on for 10 minutes and none of it's funny. None of it's funny because it's, it's just a premise of like, what if there was a toilet and a guy, old guy didn't know how to use it? And it's like, well, that's the premise of Demolition Man. And it's funny because they don't show it. You just have to imagine <laughs> what happens. No, um, it's funny because because of Rob Schneider being like, he doesn't uh, use the three seashells. Right. <laughs> like, that's the only reason that scene's funny. <laughs> it's totally funny because they don't tell you, but it's like this secret knowledge that they all think is hilarious that he doesn't know. And then he's like, well, I guess if you really had to go and you didn't know how to do it, I can see how that would not be funny. <laughs> like, which so, makes it so, so Sylvester Stallone has stated in interviews that the idea behind the three seashells uh, was that two were used like chopsticks uh, or to clamp together to pull waste out of the body. And the third was used to scrape what was left over. No explanation was made about why, how they were cleaned or sanitized between uses. He claims that this is what the director told him, but the director is probably like, dude, I don't fucking know. It's a joke. Go away. Like he just came yeah. up with that on the spot. How that Mr. Stallone put more or... thought into it than the director did, obviously. <laughs> I, I don't understand how it would be more efficient or environmentally friendly or, or effective at cleaning yourself than like toilet paper or or you know, I mean, bidets had been invented in the nineties. Like you don't need to, that seems like a much more efficient way if you're trying not yeah. to use paper waste. Like to I just, just I thought the seashells were just buttons for like a futuristic bidet <laughs> and different buttons were for different levels of uh, so defecation, would, I guess. <laughs> but so, uh, somebody on Reddit came up with this. This is a fucking dissertation. I'm not even going to read it, but Google, like, Google it and look through the Reddit results. But I mean, essentially, what the this this scientist concluded was that potentially uh, the three seashells could have been some kind of a sound wave thing where you're breaking up waste inside of your body. And, 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 it, and it's, it's it's the most absurd fucking thing you've ever read, but it, it is literally what like would be the point of breaking long. it up? Like the more, the more your shit is solid, like, the like less it, it is. Like yeah. I, I, I think it's, I, I assume it's like, so that you don't literally yeah. need to, it doesn't need to leave your body, thereby not contaminating oh. anything. I, well, that wouldn't up. make sense because they still have a toilet there, clearly, and he he, still here's, you know. So here's the real reason it was <laughs> it was put into the movie. Uh, according to screenwriter Daniel Waters, the inspiration for the three she, uh, three seashells came uh, about when he was writing a scene where Spartan has to use a restroom. He was trying to come up with futuristic things he'd find in there. He was having trouble, so he called a buddy. Uh, another screenwriter from across town and asked him if he had any ideas. 
Uh, ironically enough, that person was in the bathroom when he answered the phone, looked around his bathroom and said, uh, uh, I don't know, I have a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration. And Waters is uh, like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do something with that. And that's that's why there are three seashells in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> and that's why it's funny, too, because it's like, well, if you go to the beach and you pick up some seashells on vacation and you bring them home, Where's the only room that you can really put those where it makes sense? <laughs> yeah, right. The bathroom. And I don't know why it makes sense there. It's just, it's like, I don't know, womany or something. But it's just the, the place where it makes sense to put seashells. So I guess it kind of just fits that it would be like a, they, they figured out a functional way to have some artificial seashells take care of your stool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, definitely the most enduring uh, enduring legacy of this movie <laughs> is going to be the three seashells. Well, um, I, I just remember when I watched it, remembering that as being like the funniest part and not really anything else about the movie has persevered for so long except yeah, for that because right. everybody had the same kind of, uh, you know, odd reaction to it. Um, who? Th- this is actually a really hard one. I don't really know who I would uh, who, who I would say for this. Who do you think? Who do you think is the biggest overactor in this movie? Um, because you could really say almost the entire cast, other than like maybe Sly. I don't feel like uh, Wesley Snipes really was acting. He was just kind of bouncing around <laughs> just for the riffing. most part. Uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone doesn't really overact unless it's uh, Judge Dredd, but. Um, it's just law. I am law. Uh, when are we gonna review that one? That should be fun. Uh, well, yeah, that, I mean, that, there's know. enough political undertones to review that movie. That's, yeah, that's it is. Fun, it is based on a comic movie. book, so yeah. I, I don't know. It, no one really overacted in this. They kind of just did what they could with what they were given, which I, wasn't I a whole lot. Know. But For the uh, the a lot of the future people I thought were 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 real over the top. The fucking uh, the Otho guy, the guy who plays Otho in, in Beetlejuice, was a little little fucking you know. Oh yeah, the guy from all the uh, Ernest Saves Christmas movies. That guy, just generic nineties fat guy. Yeah, I don't know yeah. his name. But, but, um. wasn't wasn't he in those? Wasn't he like the guy that screamed in yeah, all? Yeah, no, he the... was his. Be- he was his, uh, his like his like assistant or whatever the fuck he was. Yeah, I don't remember. It's probably a different Page. fat guy, and I'm totally like body shaming by lumping all. 80s movies mm. fat guys together he was definitely the fat guy from beetlejuice i don't know if he was also the fat guy from. oh uh, yeah yeah that's right he was the the fat guy from beetlejuice that's far enough we don't have to place him anywhere else now <laughs> um but yeah no i, I actually thought but yeah a lot of the, a lot of people were I, I, I would say wesley snipes at times was a bit of an over actor in this movie but he, he was just having fun with it i think he was just trying to entertain himself yeah, yeah, he seemed bored um, actually. But imagine having to tell him he has to punch slower. You know, like yeah, well, we right. Don't, like we don't, don't have on, dude. It's like the one thing that's enough. fun about this movie is, is that I get to beat uh, yeah. the shit out of people with my awesome karate skills. You know, you let me do that. Come on. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, turn me, turn me into a vampire hunter and buy some faster speed film so I can fucking do this shit right. <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah. If I was Wesley Snipes. So, uh, you know, we always do the kind of what is this movie trying to say category. I think we've touched on it, uh, the fact that it's not really trying to say any one particular thing. And it's got about 15 different, you know, high school level understandings of different ideologies kind of all uh, stacked on top of each other. So, I mean... Uh, Overall, it's a pretty... Yeah, it's not a dystopia, but it kind of, it's like a dystopia comedy um it, and, yeah 
Dennis Leary's rant is kind of the only the closest thing of saying like you're not going to solve all these real problems by becoming the PC police. You just create other problems. That's valid to an extent, I think. And they just kind of that, that seems like to kind of be version. the bigger message of the movie is like if any one in theme was enduring was like this kind of anti PC anti caricature what what like right wingers like would use as a caricature of the left like this kind of like you know we want to ban ban everything and we want to ban right. speech and right. like that which is not like most people like that most people are not fucking like that but it, that it, seemed to be the overall it reminded me of like an episode of star trek like they put as much thought into the entire movie as a single episode of Star Trek, but like Star Trek has always been way more plausible <laughs> and yeah, far yeah. less of an exaggeration of real life. Um, I'm in the middle of rewatching all of Next Generation right now on Netflix because they finally put up like the the remastered, really nice looking thing. And man, that show holds up so fucking. Even like the corny episodes of that show from the 80s and 90s are still really, really well done as far as uh, the themes. Uh, that they go through that this film just feels like a caricature of that level of thought. Um, yeah. The the remasters they put up are they in like sixteen nine or what? Uh, how did they? Well, I don't know if they can really do that on Netflix. No, I mean, but that's tough, like yeah. they did a real a real remaster of all of them, put it out on DVD. Okay. So I know that they took it from that because what used to be on uh, the all the episodes of Star Trek on Netflix. Uh, about six years ago, were like 240 pixels wide. It was really, really low quality. And when I started watching, I was like, "Holy shit, this looks fucking amazing!" And they went back and they like cleaned up some of the some of the, um, the graphics, made it look just like a little bit better um, than than it used to. So, not rechanging anything. Not like George Lucas, where he adds in a little fucking creature that wasn't there before, but just sort of uh, they, um, sh- sharpening some of the graphics. Yeah, yeah. They did that a few years ago at the Wire. Actually, they re-released the entire series in uh, in widescreen because they had shot it in widescreen. But I guess for whatever reason, as an artistic choice, had decided to broadcast it what? in four three. That uh, was yeah, because that came out in like two thousand a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, even later, I think it was like oh two, and it's like there was oh. you know widescreen existed at that point, but they so they shot it in widescreen. But hmm. I read a, a, an article about how they had to like take out a lot of like boom poles and things like that because when they shot it and they shot it in widescreen, but they didn't knew they were going to broadcast in four, three. So they had to really, uh, <laughs> like uh, tighten up a lot of shots, but it looks fucking great. Like, and that oh, shows. Yeah. yeah. Well, amazing. and if you do it high res, you can zoom way in and not lose that much quality. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, that show well, would be a great thing to review. I mean, it's too fucking long, but like, I, I, that's such a great, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's one of those few shows that, um, you know, there's like those shows where you mention it to a friend and they go, I've never seen it. And you're, you're uh-huh. jealous. You're jealous that they haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, Cause yeah, you're yeah. like, you wish you could go back and experience it for the first time all over again. Yeah. That's I've been holding on to the wire where I've just like, I haven't started it. I've been meaning to, and I know it's really good and I know I'm going to love it but I haven't seen a single episode before. You should, you should fucking watch that show. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so good. I was um, disappointed that the guy that made that show that understood all the, the, the racial justice and everything is, was like really upset by the Baltimore uprising. I'm like, motherfucker, what do you think? What did you make that whole fucking show yeah, about? Right. <laughs> you know why this shit's happening. You know, ultimately, just, at the end of the day, he was a writer for the Baltimore Sun. Guys who write for newspapers right. are never going to be too far left. I mean, no matter what. But he he 
he he it's kind of like when we joke about like you 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 just you just got the you just you're barely missing the point you're almost there oh yeah like that you know that that's so close to getting the point pretty much gets the point and i think he just doesn't come to the logical conclusions about the solutions from that you know well Um, when when he's writing the show he's thinking about stuff and he's thinking about the characters and their motivations and why would they do those things when he sees the actual you know an actual riot he's looking at the helicopter footage he's looking at it from the perspective of of a news person not as a person who's thinking about why those people did what they did as human beings so it's he's he can't recognize his own bias as a news person when it's when he's in those characters heads that's one thing when he's watching them objectively from a news helicopter or from the vantage point of that it he forgets that they're people again he forgets that those are the same people who he was writing as real flesh and blood human beings yeah well you know and you know he he cast wendell pierce in a lot of his shows who's another fucking horrible centrist that was the guy that beat up like the female bernie supporter in the bar i don't know if you remember that um wait this, in, this is in real life yo no yeah in real life he, he's like, uh, i didn't hear about he's this. like a yeah i i, I, I you know i don't want to be sued but I, I believe it was something to that effect um yeah google wendell pierce like bernie supporter or something i'm sure it'll come up but um yeah he's he's a piece of shit he's like he's like one of the 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 twitter celebrities that i'm almost entirely convinced is being paid by the cia to like you know so dissent on like people like him and uh what's her face arquette patricia arquette you know oh yeah yeah and people think that's like some big conspiracy and it's like they don't it's not they it doesn't have to be they just you don't take over their their complete life or their complete account that's just what the cia always did was we need to have a low level of um you know propaganda so it'll be like we've got a uh, we've got the CIA character in, um, you know, Black Panther, who is not that critical of the CIA or makes jokes about the CIA that we can all laugh at, but we don't really pause to to look at, you know, why all the other countries in Africa are are basically neo-colonial <laughs> kinds of things is because of the CIA and NSA and and other colonial yeah. things like that. So it's not it's not a stretch, and people think that's you know the the deep state. It's like it's not that deep. These are people who like they, it's it's the state it's like the it's like the just uh, yeah. you know at i mean the I, guarantee, state. I guarantee that the stuff in um Con- confessions of an dangerous mind where fucking what's his name chuck willary from the the gong show or whatever the fuck that he probably didn't actually kill people he's probably delusional on that point but i guarantee he probably was paid by the cia to go around the world and fucking do shit yeah so i actually for the, I, there's a really funny paragraph from a complex story about wendell pierce uh wendell pierce famous for uh for portraying detective bunk moreland on the wire says he was the uh says he was the one assaulted by supporters of candidate bernie sanders despite it being reported otherwise uh pierce was arrested in atlanta saturday for allegedly assaulting a couple who revealed themselves as sanders supporters pierce has been vocal about his support for uh democratic democratic presidential candidate hillary clinton <laughs> Oh, so he's man. a fucking lunatic yeah um oh, you we, just we're still talking me. about demolition man right <laughs> <Absolutely>. like 
You just reminded me of the funniest headline I saw today. So uh, anytime I, at work when I open up a blank tab on my browser, it just auto-populates with all these you know MSNnews.com shitty yeah. bullshit headlines where there's like a little bit of news and then like uh, what you don't know about your cholesterol could dot, 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 and like you're supposed to worry, <laughs> click on it. And then they, they've got a few that are kind of, you know, like racial stuff going on and just whatever. And then there's one and it's this old lady's mugshot with her big giant head and little beady eyes. And it says, author of How to Kill Your Husband, Arrested for Murdering Husband. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, whoever got assigned that headline must have had some fun. Yeah, it's like, so like this old lady that wrote sort of a O.J. Simpson, how I would have done it, or, you know, if I did it type type book. Subsequently um, went on to do it. No, it was just like one of those things where it was her confession, where she wasn't a good writer. She just literally wrote what she did and said, hey, here's what would happen if you did this. Um, and then they read it and were like, oh, those are all the actual clues that we had about her husband's homicide. So we're pretty sure she fucking did it. Uh, people are Christ. funny. People are so um, funny. So yeah, demolition man. Um, <laughs> what uh, uh, what would you give this movie? Uh, what, what kind of a rating would you give this movie? Uh, I would give it one and one point seven five hammer and sickles. Yeah, you know, I it's not a good movie um, by any stretch of the imagination. I, I do still enjoy watching it. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. This may seem a bit crazy. I think I'm gonna give it three. Uh, well, you know, I'll give it three seashells. I won't give it three hammer and sickles. I'll give it oh, three seashells. You wanted to review this just to say that. God damn it. <laughs> no, I did. It just it just occurred to me. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I'll, I'll I'll give it three because I because I still enjoy watching it. It's not a good there. I, there are a lot of movies that I'll watch that aren't good movies that I enjoy watching, and and this is. Pretty chief among them, you know. Yeah. Judge Dredd. If I was there. in a yeah, if I was in a hotel and I was flipping channels and it came on this movie, I would think long and hard about stopping there. We'll put it that it's way. a it's a very rewatchable movie, despite it not being a good fit. Like it, it's just a popcorn, you know, br- mindless kind no. of fun movie. It's definitely the kind of movie where if it's on halfway, you'd watch a good forty minutes of it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that that's about all we can say about Demolition Man. I think we spent about twenty minutes of the podcast talking about Demolition Man, and 40, yeah, yeah. fifty minutes talking about other things. But you know, I, it was, you it know, was fun. it would be fun to see like a Black Mirror episode that would just make this movie, but with no comedy at all, and make it just like crushingly <laughs> fucking dark and just. I mean, they've done crushingly dark very well. Um, and if you haven't seen the black and white episode from season four with the little fucking robot dog, you gotta watch it, yeah. that. It's maybe the scariest one they've ever done. So I think I we'll, uh, we'll plug for that. We're, we're, we're going so off topic, but no, I think I think I've only seen through season three, the first Netflix season of uh, Black Mirror. But I mean, I, it's such a you can't binge that show. You just need such a soul cleanse after every episode that's like yeah, yeah. you don't want to do that well, to yourself like mental health wise you watched the um the little star trek spinoff one right yeah that was that great one. yeah yeah, yeah well, i watched and that there, one and there's other episodes like that in season four where the good guys actually win you know like and it's not so soul crushing <laughs> and it actually no oh, i'm not going to tell you who the good guy is or isn't that no one. i know i know <laughs> um uh, di- yeah it could be meth damon <laughs> 
He won an Emmy actually for that for that episode. By the oh, way, oh really? No that. shit, yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. that. No, the thing I love about uh, about that guy, um, Jamie, what's his name, who uh, was who everyone referred to as Meth Damon from uh, Breaking Bad, is that when he plays Captain Kirk or this riff on Captain Kirk uh, in this episode of Black Mirror, watch really carefully because he doesn't play Captain Kirk. He plays Matt Damon playing Captain Kirk. And if you watch really close, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love how I Googled Meth Damon because I couldn't remember his name. And literally, Jesse Plemons is the first result that pops up. Like, so. Oh, man. Whoever came it's up so, with It's so that, ubiquitous now. That... Whoever came up with that was a fucking genius. But I know. He's really great on uh, Fargo also, on Fargo uh, season I, I still two. haven't seen that. I mean, just great the show. fact that, that he could be so quiet and turn, to, turn out to be like the scariest villain on out of all the villains on Breaking Bad. Uh, give a lot of credit to that guy for as much as he did with so he's, little. He's a great actor. He's a great young actor. Um, yeah, we should review some Black Mirror episodes for this podcast too. We could do yeah. we could do individual like episodes as their own kind of movie. Sort oh of yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely Fucking, for sure. Uh, what's the eighties one? Uh, why am I blanking on it? The eighties one. Are you talking about the one with uh, my one future with wife, wife Mackenzie yeah. Ga- Mackenzie Davis? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that was like a couple different decades they kind of focused on in a short span. Yeah, of time. yeah I, I just think of that. It's San Junipero. San Junipero. That was one. Yeah. that that would make a really good episode. I think. Yeah. Well, if you like that, you fucking need to watch Halt and Catch Fire because it does a better job of capturing the zeitgeist without making it feel forced and fucking mm-hmm. shitty like they didn't do any research like you know that one episode of season two of stranger things that just reeks of how inauthentic it is the one that the total diversion from everything yeah. else yeah yeah so that's what i thought halt and catch fire was going to be like and it's not it, it's probably the most well-researched look at uh, 80s tech culture and counterculture um, that I've seen done on a TV show. So yeah. uh, you, it's I haven't gotten anyone to watch it who really got into it except for my mom. And I can't do a podcast with my mom because uh, we would fight constantly. Uh, so if anyone's listening... For people that don't listen still to the church is a bit of a neoliberal <laughs> from what you tell us, right? It's just we'll disagree over petty shit, you know, and then just get uh-huh. like, you know, just when you when you can't get along with one of your relatives and for no other reason other than just that you're related. Like if you weren't related, you'd get along great, but because you are related, it's just like, like the little tiniest thing. And you're like, gosh, you fucking did that on purpose just to push my buttons, you know, like that kind of thing. It, if anyone ever watched it, they would find it hilarious. I'm sure we're not mean people at all. We're let's, just... Yeah. <laughs> let's wrap up this episode. We're just all fucking right. rambling on and on. About... <laughs> anything other than demolition man so yeah uh good movie i I would recommend watching it uh you know it's not 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 a great movie but it's a fun it's a fun two hours you know you won't regret watching it (laughs) let's put it that way i did slightly the second time but you know last time i was 13 so i definitely didn't regret it then all right well uh, if you like uh, our movie reviews, uh, come check out our main show. Uh, we we talk about politics every week uh, from a socialist perspective. Uh, and you can find all of our stuff at uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, you can uh, find us on iTunes. You can rate, review, subscribe over there. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Facebook. Like us on Facebook. 
<laughs> Facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, yes. if you, want if you some... go there, you can see a picture of our very cute number one super fan wearing a t shirt for the main show. And you can actually buy one. Yeah. Uh you can do that at teespring.com slash move left. Uh we have t shirts, uh mugs, tote bags, women's cut t shirts, uh anything you can imagine with our logo on it. Uh it's over there. Uh, and wait, what's and the name help. of the main show again? Move Left Idiots <gasps> is the name of the main show. How rude. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I love the name, FYI. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, teespring.com slash move left. Uh, if you want to do that, support the show. Uh, we will be back on Friday with a lot to talk about, I'm sure. You know, that's going to be in the aftermath of the New York elections, uh, which I'm going to be voting in tomorrow anyone listening to this tonight or tomorrow at some point before the polls close and living in new york uh definitely please... go vote for the incumbent cynthia nixon like you were saying vote the homo not cuomo <laughs> to, to kind of twist around uh i did Cuomo's tweet that fucking... today oh if there was ever a tweet i wanted to go viral it was that one yeah no that was good i like that uh and by the way if you don't know what that's referring to uh Apparently, in uh, the 70s, when Andrew's father, Mario, was running against Ed Koch, he uh, put out some campaign literature that said, uh, vote for Cuomo, not the homo, which, uh, much like the smear uh, against Cynthia Nixon, uh, he was like, oh, that wasn't for me. But, uh, but a lot of people suspect Andrew Cuomo had put it out because I think he was managing his campaign at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a fucking piece of shit. He needs to go down. So if you're in New York, please go out and vote for Cynthia Nixon. Um, yep, she's fucking awesome. And Zephyr Teach out. Vote and, for the uh, vote for the Sex in the City lady and the Knocked Up Broad. Yeah, <laughs> and Jermaine <laughs> Williams uh, for, for Lieutenant Governor. He's 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 pretty good. Um, but yeah, and uh, we will be back to discuss that. We'll talk so, about. I'm sure the uh, hurricane. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, just real quick, are you on Twitter yourself? I am, in fact, on Twitter. I am uh, on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, you are. You, what about you? Are you on Twitter dot com? Uh, I'm on Twitter dot com backslash forward slash at chaos. Don't put riot. back and forward slash. Not the same time. Don't cross the streams. Uh, chaos right nineteen ninety nine is my handle. Thank you. Yeah, great. And uh, yeah, we will see you on Friday. And then uh, next time we do a movie episode. What kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? Fat kids, skinny kids, kids who climb on rocks. Tough kids, sissy kids. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor hot dogs. Hot dogs.